Hey everyone, welcome to the Reading Project Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley D. Mercurio, and your reading tutor. Thank you so much for joining us and listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did recording it and chatting with today's guest. We're going to be talking about how adding snacks and friends can make reading more fun. Basically, we're talking about book clubs today. Uh, before we dive into that, I would love to know that you're listening. So if you could take a minute to head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, that helps more families like yourself find us and listen to our episodes and get support to help their struggling readers at home. So today we're going to be talking to Dechelle. Dechelle is going to talk with us a little bit more about book clubs. I'm really excited to dive into this topic with her. Dechelle is a homeschooling mom of three who knows the struggle of getting kids excited to read a book, especially the classics. This is why she created Literary Adventures for Kids is a full language arts curriculum for preschool to high school that inspires kids to read through rabbit trails and a little bit of magic dust. She uses her experience as an educator in the traditional system to create courses that encourage critical thinking and are catalysts for big conversations. Dechelle is also the owner of Hide Chocolate, a blog about her adventures in homeschooling and parenting using a relaxed Charlotte Mason philosophy. You can often find her reading a good book or even sometimes just an okay book, and enjoying a jar of Nutella. I love that. And I also love the name of her blog being Hide the Chocolate. And I'm wondering if she is hiding in the closet eating the Nutella and all the other chocolate. So we'll have to chat more with her about the name of her blog and how that came about. All right, let's go. Hey there. Welcome to the Reading Project Podcast, where I help you build stronger readers one episode at a time. I'm Ashley, and you're Reading Tutor. My experience as an online tutor, classroom teacher, and the mother of a reluctant reader has allowed me to bring a fun and effective approach to building stronger and more confident readers. I created The Reading Project after working with dozens of families in my business that needed support in helping their readers at home. I want parents and caregivers to know that you don't have to be a teacher to help your struggling reader. I'm here to help with book suggestions, homework tips and tricks, tools and ideas for tackling reading, writing, and spelling work at home. I am on a mission to help you develop a culture of literacy and a love of stories with your children. Let's do it. All right, everyone, let's jump in to today's episode. So the title of today's episode is going to be how adding snacks and friends can make reading more fun. So I love this topic, and I think um, this is going to be a great episode. So we have Dechelle with us here today. So why don't you take a minute, Dechelle, to tell us just a little bit more about yourself and sort of your journey to where you are with with literacy and book clubs. Thank you. I appreciate uh, you having me here. Uh, so, yes, Dechelle, uh, I have a blog at HideTheChocolate.com. Uh, where I just really talk about our homeschooling adventures, and that was just because I started homeschooling and wanted to just kind of share the fun we were having and book clubs ended up being the most fun we were having because I am a naturally attracted to books and literature and it, it's kind of a long circle circular thing <laughs> I started off always in love with books went to school to become a CPA and I did that not because that was where my true passion was that was I think what teenagers do is we follow what everybody tells us to do and I was good at math. So if you're good at math, you should go into math, right? That's that's the logic. Doesn't matter if you really enjoy it or you like doing taxes. You just do that because that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And I come from a family of educators. Like 
my mother, father, aunts, uncles, grandparents, just all sorts of people were uh, in the education field. So I always thought, no, I'm never going to go into that (laughs) because, you know, I saw teachers went through (laughs) and end up going into teaching kind of backwards and had to got the job and then went back to get licensed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, the fun thing to do, because I didn't really want to be uh, a teacher until I became a teacher and realized I absolutely loved working with the children. Not so much the teaching part, but more making those relationships and seeing kids improve in something and, and knowing you had a hand in that and helping them to become this person. And I still have my students messaging me and calling me all the time. And that means a lot. So when I left teaching to start homeschooling, I really thought, hmm, this will be fine. I'll go right into this just like I did teaching. And boy, was that a mistake. (laughs) Yes, I feel like so many homeschooling moms who were teachers do that. Like, I totally did that. I was like, oh, well, I'm a teacher, so I'm just going to do what I did in the classroom at home. And Uh it was it was a hot mess that first uh, year. You should have seen my lesson plans. I mean, they were down to the T every hour, what we're doing, bought the little desk. We had all the little laminated things. It was beautiful. (laughs) It was gorgeous. Um, But my kids didn't care for it. And I got to where I was like, why am I grading all these papers at night? Why am I grading papers? I know how well she did on it. I'm standing right there while she's working the problem. So (laughs) I kind of had to let go of a lot of those things. So when I started blogging, it was more because I started discovering more exciting, more joy-filled way of homeschooling that did educate my children and helped them, but also was something that I can enjoy too, that I could step back and say, this isn't a job. This is something I really love and enjoy. And so that's how Hide the Chocolate got started and things kind of grew from there. So that's kind of my crazy background that CPA, I'm technically officially a CPA, but please don't ask me to do your taxes. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Now, and when I was reading your bio, I accidentally, at first I said that, I said, don't hide the chocolate. And then I was like, oh, no, that's not her name. And my husband will probably edit that out. But um, I said, it's hide the chocolate. And I said, well, I have to ask you why we're hiding the chocolate. Are we hiding it from the kids? Are we? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> it's for me. <laughs> okay. I kind of feel yeah. like when you're at home with three children, that at some point you start going, okay, this is mine and do not hit my stash. So I have literally hitting it in drawers uh, that have underwear in it. <laughs> I've hidden it in bags that say gluten-free so-and-so, <laughs> just anywhere. So they'll stop stealing my chocolate. <laughs> Yes, I love that. That's awesome. All right. Well, I'm really excited to dive in and talk more about book clubs. So I also love book clubs. I still remember my very first book club when I was in college participating in a book club. And I remember that like cozy feeling of like, you know, big comfy chairs in the in the student (laughs) room. And like, I don't even remember all the books we read, but just feeling like so cool, like talking about books with all my, with my professor and my college friends. And so I think book clubs have a lot of power for sure. And I'm excited to hear how you're doing it and what you think about them. So let's go. All right. So what started this whole thing is my oldest he was not homeschooled originally. He went to school through high school, pretty much in a private school setting. But he was taking these AR tests. And I was watching him slowly stop. Like, this is a kid who was reading, like, Chronicles of Narnia and Harry Potter in first grade. And all of a sudden, he just stopped reading. And then he was taking these AR tests. And he was, like, doing all crazy things, like watching movies or 
a book of the Bible or something crazy that I was like, what are you doing? Um, you're not reading a book for the AR point. And he said, I have to get so many points or I can't do whatever it was, X, Y, Z. Right. And I was like, so you're not really reading this book to get anything out of it. You're just reading this book to get a point. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. So, you know, I kind of was like, okay, well, he's really into sports. So I'm going to let that slide. This is a boy thing. Maybe, maybe boys just stop liking to read, which was totally stupid, but whatever. That was my brain rationalizing the whole thing. Yeah. And then my daughter started school and same thing started happening, but it was a little different with her because she loved to read again. And so she was reading a lot. Well, they set the AR points at the first quarter. And so she had all these AR points she had to get. And then the other kids didn't have as much, but if she didn't get all these AR points, then she didn't get to go to the party. And so then she was reading and she was coming home and she was saying things to me like, mom, I read 63 pages today instead of mom, I read this great story about so-and-so. And I would say, what did you read? She had no clue what she read because she was not reading that to enjoy it or to get anything out of it. She was literally reading it to see how many pages she got so she could get her little points. And I realized, okay, we have literally destroyed their love of reading because we made it into this to-do item, check it off the list, and move on. And so I thought, okay, we're going to start homeschooling, and that's going to be totally different because I'm a huge book fan. I'm, a, I'm actually sitting in my library. I'm surrounded by books right now. So I thought, okay, I'm going to I'm going to just get these kids back into this. So I literally started doing the same thing, which was, in my opinion, bribery. You know, if you do, if you read so much today, we're going to do this. If you read so much, we'll get a pizza. Uh, we can go to this amusement park because they're giving away tickets for everybody who reads these many books. I mean, it was just, it was honestly dumb. You, you can't bribe kids into doing anything worthwhile. You can bribe them from the moment. Hey, I'm going to give you the sucker if you'll just stop screaming until we get out of the store kind of thing. Yeah. But for actual anything that's going to work in life, that's not how it works. And um, I had to just going to do a complete reevaluation of what was going on. And one day we were reading uh, a book. And we just started reading this book, and it was great. It was fun. And we're reading together as we read a lot. And I, they mentioned some, I don't know, some kind of cookie or something in there. And so we baked cookies that day. And it was fun because we were combining that part of the book where those kids in, or characters in that book were re- eating this cookie. And we're eating this cookie. And I realized, oh, we can sit here and eat cookies, and we can talk about the book. And that's, that's really better than trying to test them to see if they comprehended what was going on. And so we just started doing this and doing this. And then my uh, middle child, she went into middle school and she was frustrated with kind of the, you know, middle school, there's the angst of I'm not cool unless I have these friends, blah, blah, blah. And so we thought what would be a good way for her to kind of get into enjoying more of being with her friends and also make it something that we could do with school. And so I created book clubs. And it was literally just we invited six of our friends over. We sat down at the table, and the very first one was the Secret Garden. And so when they came in the door, I had on, like, this entire English maid's costume because I was a little crazy back then. And I was getting, <laughs> I was bringing them in to sit around the dining room table, and my husband had made crumpets, which we didn't know how to make crumpets, so that was fun that morning. We had scones. We had all these different types of teas. We just had the entire English tea there. And we sat there and we were talking about the book and the girls were having so much fun. And then we went and we created um, our own little secret garden terrariums that the girls put on these, all these little things in to have their own secret garden, even little tiny keys in there. And then uh, we ended the the book club by them watching the movie, which was hilarious because if you ever read the secret garden and watched the secret garden, they're literally nothing alike. <laughs> 
the girls spent a lot of time saying, that's not how the book went. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it just started a whole revolution in our homeschool because that's when I realized, oh, we can have so much fun. The kids are having a blast. They're not even realizing, you know, this is all educational because education should be fun. It shouldn't be boring sitting down doing worksheets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's kind of led to more and more to where I'm now doing three different age levels of book clubs every month. So it's it's gotten a little wild. We've added some poetry tea times in there, too. But it's just it's so much fun. And now I have I even do virtual ones for other people to step outside of my community because so many people were like, I love what you're doing. Can we do this? So we do it virtually too. (laughs) Yeah, that's fantastic. Here's my my own little shameless plug for my freebie, the ultimate guide to starting a virtual book club and giving parents, like helping them to see that it really doesn't have to be overly complicated. Like you don't have to be an educator. I mean, if if you're listening now, (laughs) I hope you heard both of us say that our teaching skills kind of bit us in the butt when we first started homeschooling. So don't feel like because you're not a teacher um, that you can't do this because you absolutely can do this. It's, it's your, I always talk to parents about it's that connection you have with your children, right? Like Mm -hmm. you have that special bond and like take spending time reading together, talking about books together. That's only going to strengthen that. And that's something that no teacher is going to have with your child. Like that's special for you. So it's great to be able to talk to kids about the books they're reading. You know, right now we're reading, my two daughters are in two different levels. One's in middle school, one's in high school. But we're, we've been doing a whole world lit thing this year. And so this one's on China. And so my youngest is reading Revolution is Not a Dinner Party. And my oldest is reading Balzac and the Little Chinese Saintress. Both are set in the uh, cultural revolution of China, which I'll be honest with you, I didn't really know a lot about. I don't remember studying that in school and history. I certainly don't remember reading books about it. Um, but granted, it was in the 70s, so maybe it was too new uh, at the time for you know our school. I don't know. But just sitting there and being able to read with them about this and talk to them about some really kind of sensitive issues, but it's a great way to get into these issues that maybe you don't know how to broach, like they may have friends that are talking about these things, but unless you just come out and say, hey, let's sit down and talk about this, you know, how do you really start that conversation? But with my daughter listening in, to, she was actually listening on an audiobook, listening to this book, and we're both listening together. It was like she's saying, oh, mom, that topic's awful. And then I'm saying back to her, but why is it awful? Let's talk about it. <laughs> you know? And we're able to work through this. You know, even several points she said, oh, I don't like this book, but I'm going to keep reading it. So she did like it. She just doesn't like the subject because it's a subject that makes her uncomfortable. Yeah. So I think the best way to deal with uncomfortable situations is through books. I mean, I just I really do. And it's how most of our big conversations at home have started is with a, a great book that makes yeah. you feel a little uncomfortable. Absolutely. So you mentioned that when you were describing your book club, that the first one you started for your daughter, that it was, you know, it's all educational. So let's sort of tease that out a little bit. What do you feel like you could name, you know, three or four educational points? Like what what are kids doing? What are they learning when they're in a book club? Okay, so first, I think the most important thing of a book club is it gets your kids excited about reading, which starts the critical thinking. When we read a book, A lot of times educators (laughs) want to do this whole, this is what the author was saying. This is what this book is about. And, you know, to the extent that's great and all, because, you know, you read A Wrinkle in Time and you may get it as just a fun, fantastical story, but then you really 
discover she's really talking about communism and, and different things like that. But I didn't want my kids to be told what to think about it. So I wanted them to come up with their own opinions. So when we have a book club, I never start it with this is what the author was talking about. This is what this book is about. I always make them start with, first of all, the very first question, did you like the book? And the second question is, did you hate the book? So there's mm -hmm. always at every one of our book clubs, somebody who loved it, somebody who hated it. And those are both acceptable answers. In fact, I love it when they hate it because then I get to say why. You know, <sighs> why did you hate it? What was it bothering you about? It? You know, I sat down in a book club a couple months ago, Crime and Punishment. And I said, did you love the book or hate it? But one of the kids loved it, which I was actually shocked anybody said they loved Crime and Punishment. The other ones were all like, they hated it. And I said, okay, now tell me why you hated it. The majority of the answers were because it was long. That's not a legitimate excuse, although it was insanely long. <laughs> but, you know, it, then they started telling, well, he was just so messed up. He was just, it's like you're in the mind of a madman. I was like, yeah, he was a little crazy, wasn't he? And so they start talking about all these different parts of the book and why they loved it or hated it. And do they hate this character and love this character? And it makes them start thinking critically about things because I'm not telling them what to think. I'm letting them express their opinions about it. And I think that's the number one thing about getting your kids excited to read is to get it, teaching them to become critical thinkers so that they can kind of reason out things. And they're not one of these people who just blindly follows what anybody else ever says. And I think, all of us as parents don't want our teenagers to just follow blindly what anybody says. We want them to think about these things. Does that make sense? Or is that stupid? You know, mm -hmm. I don't really like that idea. Let me think on that. So I think that's mm -hmm. probably the number one educational thing we can do uh, with a book club. Is that right there? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and getting our children to, like you said, think about and connect with what the character did. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I like to ask them, you know, how would you have handled that situation or like, how would you have done it differently if it was you, you know, and trying to get them to formulate, gosh, if I was in that same situation, I would have tried to do this. Right. <laughs> and there's a lot of the situations in books where you're probably never going to be in that situation. Mm -hmm. So it's easy for us to critique how somebody handles something. But then when you're in a book and you're like really get involved in it, you can say, okay, but now put myself in the character's shoes. Would I make the choice that I think I've always said for the last 40 years I would make this choice? Would I do that? Mm -hmm. I don't know because now that situation is a situation I never thought about. So how would I react to that? And, you know, that's any book. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Crime and Punishment is about murder, so probably not that one. I would like to think I wouldn't murder anybody. But <laughs> there are other things, you know, other books. Right, right. Absolutely. So what do you think makes, uh, you know, a good book club? Like what if families are thinking about, trying a book club with their kids, what are some things they should make sure to include as they're forming book clubs? Okay, so I always say there's three main components of any book club I create. The first one is rabbit trails. So if you're reading, like I said, a book about the Cultural Revolution in China, do some rabbit trails. Bring, Make those connections. Bring the literature into your life so you can actually see it. So if there's if you're talking about cultural revolution, then let's do some history on it. Let's learn about the cultural revolution. What was that about? Because, you know, there's a lot of topics in these books that we don't have a clue about, especially young children. You know, they're learning their history, so they don't know. So you can talk about why this was a big deal in China. The second component, I would say, is magic dust. 
So again, also connecting to the literature, but this way you're doing it in a physical way. So it may be that in this book they made, you know, stir fry they made, uh, Valvons they made, all these different things that you could do that. You could create that, either make them, or if you're not a cook or you just don't care to cook, go to the Chinese restaurant and buy some Chinese food. So you're making those connections. You know, it could be an experiment. In this book, um, the experiment I just wrote about was the one where she was talking about how Chairman Mao wrote, his spies wrote, with uh, rice water, and so it was invisible, and then they used iodine to come up with the messages, and she was doing that. So one of our experiments that we're going to be doing next week is with iodine, where they're going to be writing a mess, secret message and then showing how iodine reacts with the starch to make it appear. So things like that make the connection. And it can be any connection. You can be so simple that, like I said, it can be make, baking cookies. It doesn't have to be a big deal. In our book clubs, we always have food that has something to do with the the book because I feel like we can get kids the best food. And it doesn't even to be great food. It can be food they don't like. But it's <laughs> like when we did a Wrinkle in Time and they had liverwurst sandwiches because that's what Charles ate. <laughs> they were all like, oh, this is awful. But I guarantee you they remember that. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. And then the third component is what I call party schools. And that's where you end it with a celebration. So your kids – you may be inviting kids from around the community. You might be going virtually and inviting, you know, we've done family ones where they're in South Carolina, we're in Tennessee, and we've done a little virtual thing like that. But always have some kind of party where you're celebrating the book. You're celebrating whether you hated it or, or loved it, this book and its characters and its story. So that can mean you do activities, you do the food thing, you talk about it. You all get together and have some kind of what I call a party and, you know, just have fun and enjoy it because we get really hung up on education is supposed to be so strict and, and rigid and we should see results from this. But education should be living, breathing, enjoyable. It should be tangible. It shouldn't have to be just worksheets, you know. Mm-hmm. You, can have, yeah. you can learn all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that so much. Yeah, I was just having a conversation with my daughter in the car yesterday because she was, we're sort of on a little bit of a spring break this week in our homeschool. And she was like, okay, but when we read books this week, don't put math in them. So, you know, I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, you know, when we're reading a book and you make some like learning connection to the book, I'm like, okay. I'm like, but the thing is, that's like, that's part of how we homeschool, right? We're always looking for those like learning opportunities in, in life, not necessarily, you know, sit down and learn right now, but oh, well, we noticed. I can't, I don't even know what book she was talking about, but it was just really funny that, and I, so I was trying to explain to her that what we want them to know is that learning can happen all the time, you know, learning. It should. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And you know what? She's, she's right, but she's also, I have a feeling that if you weren't homeschooling, you'd still be doing the same thing because <laughs> that's what we do as moms. We're, we're educating. We're trying to get them to where they can go off on the world and discover grand things and be successful. But, you know, I'm, educating myself all the time and I think about I don't push the button to do things that I don't want to do so I have to think about that in relation to the kids like we bought an an old Airstream 1956 started gutting it and redoing it so I got to learn how to be a plumber and an electrician and a designer and all these things and why did I do that well I have no desire to go into plumbing or electricity but I was learning because it was something that I wanted to do, that I enjoyed, that I was excited about. And I think that's with kids that we need to encourage them to, you know, go after those rabbit trails, discover things that they want to do. So they're they're not sitting there going to 
college or looking at, you know, the graduate high school. Now, where do I do? Do I go to technical school? Do I go to college? Do I just start a job? You know, they have some kind of idea of the things that they're actually interested in, mm-hmm. and they move toward that direction instead of doing what I did and going into math because everybody told me I should do that. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So if for someone who's listening right now and they're thinking, okay, this sounds good, you know, this sounds fun, what are some of the organizational tips that you would give families who want to get started? You know, how often do you meet? What is there any um, anything they need to prepare in advance before beginning? Absolutely all of that, yes. <laughs> you do need to prepare. We have done book clubs where we met once a month. We have done book clubs where we meet weekly. Mm-hmm. It really is up to you and your family. When we did weekly, we would just have some type of thing that probably about an hour each week. We talk a little bit about whatever happened in the book at that point, and we do some type of activity that went along with it. When we do monthly, we have about a three-hour meeting, and we do, we'll talk about, like I said, right now we're doing World Lit, so we will talk about the geography, where that country is, something about that country, the culture, we'll eat foods from that culture. I'll even get into writing projects. So I'll get into literary elements sometimes and different things, and we'll do a certain writing project every month, which may just be as simple as free writing something. It doesn't have to be, you know, an, an essay with all these different points or parts to it. It just needs to be where they're expressing their opinion and they're learning to share their thoughts. So I would say if you're going to get started, you need help. Don't try to do it by yourself. So when I first did it, I was like, I want this to happen, so I'm going to do this by myself. But I asked the seven or eight, how many ever kids it was, their parents. I said, do you want to help? I'm going to do this. I'll do it as many times as I need to to make sure that my kid gets this and gets to spend time with her friends and all this. But does anybody want to pop in and do it? And it turned out that they did. And so they really enjoyed it. And so they would host a book club. So we ended up, you know, kind of going around. You know, not every parent did. Some parents had a lot of littles and they couldn't. But and we would meet at different places, sometimes their homes, sometimes a, a local church, sometimes the library, just whatever we could find. And, you know, that was great. Now how we do is we even have set things. So I have my chefs. <laughs> I have people who in their book club, they every single week they're cooking. And they're so excited because they love it because they're the ones coming up with all the different ideas for foods from that culture. I have people who are just doing the geography So they're working through the geography, the culture, and they're teaching the kids some type of project that has to do with that. And I'm on the literature end, so I'm doing the writing projects and things like that. So if you get help, it's not nearly as intimidating. And you'll think that nobody wants to help, but that's not true. They really do, especially if you give them something that they like. Like nobody wants to take my job. Nobody absolutely ever wants to teach the kids how to write, (laughs) which is okay because I don't ever want to be the one cooking. (laughs) I'm like, you can take that job. I'll take the writing project every day. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. I love that different people do, you know, the different parts, the things that they're more interested in or feel more comfortable doing and taking on. That's awesome. Yeah. This has been so great. I think that these book clubs sound amazing. And I I remember a book club I did as an adult when I, before I had children, I was teaching um, in a public school and it was with a a group of teachers, mostly that we were doing a book club and the same thing we would do like a once a month meeting and it was like potluck, but the food was around whatever the book we were themed. So definitely had a lot of fun doing that. Fantastic. Okay. We have shared so many 
awesome gems today. I feel like <laughs> families are going to get a lot out of listening today. So before I let you go, before we wrap up, I always like to ask people what is their favorite book or their favorite children's book, book they're using, maybe your favorite book club book. And everybody always says, I can't pick one. I can't. But if I go back to my childhood, one of my favorite ones that I come back to a lot is A Wrinkle in Time. I loved that one as a middle schooler. I picked it up and read it again. Got a totally different meaning from it. So I've read it several times. But I would say if you're going to read one, read that one. And, hey, it was banned, so you can say I read banned books. You can be cool. (laughs) (laughs) This is a great one. And it also has a movie that's a lot different than than the book. Oh, nothing. Nothing like the book at all. (laughs) And there's been several movies, and never never have they been like the book. Yes, that is one of my favorite ways to to end a book club as part of the the celebration is to do the partner movie or whatever you want to call it that goes with the book. And it's always really fun. We we do that a lot in our homeschool and I've done book versus movie virtual classes and summer camps and things. And they're just always really motivating for readers. And I just think it's always interesting to hear the students, you know, elementary age students who just really feel passionate about like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they left that out of the movie or what? That wasn't how it went in the book. Like, you know, they get really like defensive about for the book, you know? (laughs) Exactly. I don't, I don't blame them. I was the same way, especially my husband stopped going to the Harry Potter movies with me because he said, you just keep yelling. (laughs) How are you getting anything out of it? He's like, I understood it perfectly fine. I don't know how you did. Yeah, yeah, wow, Harry Potter books are were amazing. You know, it's interesting. One of the reasons I love connecting the movie is because I think it, it's some kids really struggle with the visual visualizing what's going on in the book, and so a movie can really give them, you know, some character faces to hold on to and, and different things like that. But um, when you imagine it, so if you are good at visualizing and you imagine it so different in your head and then seeing it yeah. on the screen, <laughs> that is true. I remember when the Harry Potter play came out. And they had all the characters, and Hermione was African-American, and people went all up in arms about it. And they were very upset, and they said, no, 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 Hermione's not African-American. We go back to the book. And J.K. Rowling said, let's go back to the book. Let's read the description of her. And if you read the description, yes, she could totally be African-American. They just picked an actress who wasn't. And I think that's one of the cool things that I realized with literature is we – I had – I had a different Hermione in my mind until I saw the movie, you know, and then now it's always going to be her. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's like, oh, wow. She could have totally looked so different, so differently than she did. Absolutely. Fantastic. Okay. So if our listeners want to find out more about the work you're doing or learn more from you, where can they find you? Okay. Well, I write on my language arts curriculum at literaryadventuresforkids.com. But I will tell you for your listeners, uh, if they'll go to hidethechocolate.com slash reading project, they can find five free courses on there. So basically any age group, there's going to be a free course in there. So you can dig in and have some fun. The elementary, it, elementary middle schools wonder the high school is called the wild and we have a nature study one that is cloudy with a chance to meet balls. So if you want to do one quick and fun, and we actually have a Mother's Day poetry tea time that is free right now until Mother's Day. So I personally believe lots of ways that you need to test out curriculum before you buy it. And it's not like a 
one that's a, a smaller version of it or whatever. This is literally one of our book clubs that we just turned into a free one so people could see it. And you can see what I mean when I say rabbit trails and magic dust and you don't have to just go, what is she talking about? Is she crazy? <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, at first I was... I, That's I, what we I, call them. I was like, rabbit trails, what is she talking about? But I kind of explained rabbit trails as more of like the learning about the book right. that you, we can't experience, right? Like the, the history, right. the, the parts of the book we need to learn about. Um, and then the magic dust is more of like the physical, like how can we really bring this to life and make it fun um, in a very tangible way, right? Exactly. Exactly. I always say rabbit trails are like parallel stories to the book. They're not necessarily in the book, but they help you understand the book. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us today. It was great. And I know you have a lot of other ideas to share. So um, <laughs> if you're out there listening and you love today's episode, make sure you screenshot that you're listening, tag me at your reading tutor and let me know if you think Dichelle should come back on the reading project podcast and talk <laughs> with me some more because I think she should. <laughs> I would love to. It has been so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Reading Project podcast with Dechelle McVeigh. That was amazing. I love talking with her about book clubs. I think there's so much value in book clubs. Like she said, adding snacks, adding friends can really make book clubs a lot more fun, can make reading more meaningful and develop a lifelong love of reading and stories. One of the things we talked about during our episode was the three components of her book club. She talks about including rabbit trails, which are, she said, the parallel stories to the book, not in the book, but things that help you to understand the book more. So it might be learning about the history or the geography of where the where the book is located or the time period. She talks about magic dust, and that's the physical way that you can bring the book to life for the readers. And then uh, what she called party school was having like a celebration when you finish the book where you are doing an activity, you're doing book discussion, you're eating fun foods. So I think those are great elements to include in any book club. Okay, make sure you listen to today's episode so that you can just get all those juicy tidbits from her and learn about how you can host a book club with your child. Don't forget, you can go to hidethechocolate.com backslash reading project and find um, you can have access to free content from Hide the Chocolate that is available for you to try out her curriculum and see if you are interested in her book club model. Also, I'm going to make sure to include in the show notes my freebie for it's a, the ultimate guide for starting your virtual book club. So if you're thinking of doing a family book club with family or friends that live further away, you, you can find everything you need to, to get started with a book club um, in that free guide. All right, everyone. Thanks again. Until next time. Keep reading. Thanks so much for listening. And if you know anyone who might be interested in joining us and listening in on my podcast, I would love for you to share it. And I'd also love to connect with you on social. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. All my links are in the show notes. Make sure you head over to my website at www.yourreadingtutor.com to sign up for my newsletter so you'll be notified when new episodes come out and any new promotions or services that I'm offering. You can also find my free signature three-step reading reward system 
on my website. You'll be able to download it and just get started right away, helping your struggling reader to reach their potential. Keep reading. See you next time.